three, two, one. Independence and freedom are often mistaken to be the same thing. I think they're two different things. Independence is your ability to chase a dream, to do what you want, as long as you pay the right fees. Follow the right rules. Follow the right guidelines. Allow yourself to have oversight. Freedom is the ability to walk out the door, wake up in the morning, and do what you want, when you want, how you want to. And that's what this show is about. We're going to be talking about what we want to talk about, how we want to fucking talk about it. I'm going to bring you the truth. I'm going to bring you facts. I'm going to bring you data. Some of it may rub you the wrong way. Some of it may be something you don't even want to hear about. But you can best believe I'm going to tell you the fucking truth about it. I'm going to tell you like it is. This is your host, Christopher Scott Rudder. All right, we are now live again on Facebook. Thanks again. You're going to be watching this week, like I tell everybody every time I do the show. This is, of course, live and unrehearsed, and I don't have a teleprompter, I don't have a script, and all of it is, you know, basically homemade and done that way. Uh, but this week, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Usually, I have a lot of different clips and news articles and everything lined up and run through as fast as possible to be able to bring you as many different things that aren't really being highlighted on the industry. And uh, this week I've uh, got a little bit something different. Uh, I've got a returning guest, a special guest for everybody who's listened to the show for the past uh, couple years. You've uh, heard this guest on the podcast. This would be her first time being on the live stream. Even though she's not on video, the voice may be familiar. And uh, this week I welcome back Serenity uh, Stone, who's got some things going on in her world. And um, just wanted to bring her on for this special edition so we could run down the past couple years from a slightly new and different perspective uh, that we haven't had a chance to cover on this show or cover together, uh, to be honest. So, uh, Serenity, how you doing? I am alive right now and well right now. Cross your fingers, that lasts for a long time. <sighs> right, definitely. Yeah, so um, this week I wanted to, uh, whenever I brought Serenity on, she had uh, something go on within her family that, uh, wasn't all of a sudden and was not uh, at the at the end of everything an unexpected ending but at the same time uh, it's been basically a year in the making and it's been really rough to watch it's been really rough to deal with and uh, finally we have a conclusion to that entire situation I just want to kind of get everybody up to speed and go back a little bit over two years ago uh, at the beginning of everything uh, in the September of 2019 um, the Facebook meme started to fire everything up, and all of a sudden we started having pictures of Corona bottles with no lines in them. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually thought it was pretty good. It was. I mean, it was funny at that time because we didn't have anything going on in the United States, and it's like, what the fuck's going on in China? What are they talking about? Uh, coronavirus and all this shit. Everybody was making fun of it. And uh, then you uh, speed along into January and February of 2020, and we have the first reported cases of COVID that are actually going on. Everybody's starting to freak out a little bit. There was like all of a sudden 3,000 new cases, the next day 13,000 new cases. And at that time, Trump uh, started coming out on TV, you know, like we have to flatten the curve. He's coming out with the information that was given to him by his doctors and scientists team. Um, uh, you know, to wear the mask and the two weeks of uh, everybody being locked down is going to flatten the curve and it's going to stop the spread of this so that way the hospitals don't get overwhelmed and then we get through February and the cases really start exploding. Now we have a million cases on deck and they're starting to show on the fucking news uh, in New York and L.A. where they're having to bring in semis. Remember whenever they were showing the live footage of bringing the freezer trucks 
to the hospitals? Yeah, I, sent, I sent you pictures from my friend who worked during this time and sent pictures and videos of his hospital in Connecticut. I won't say which one. Right. Where they did have those giant freezer trucks out back. Yeah, and supposedly they were stacking them to the fucking ceilings, right? So um, then we then we fast forward and we go into the lockdown. And then now everybody you know is getting the first variation or the Delta of the COVID. And I got it myself on that first round. I got it in June that year. And it was not a fun thing to go through. It, it really sucked. It's a real disease. Nobody can de- deny this. Anybody who's on that end of the conspiracy of all of this, that it's not a real thing, like, okay, man, you got to really, really you got to get to reality to have an intelligent conversation about this. It's, it's a real thing. Um, I think people started saying it was the flu just being called something different, but it was definitely something different. Definitely. And if it was a summertime flu that had incredibly adverse reactions to it, okay, cool, then it does deserve this special designation. We've done that before with H1N1. We've done it before with the swine and the bird flu. All of these things that have been a variation of the flu, got a different designated name applied to it so that way people wouldn't try to confuse it and, you know, just say it's just the regular flu. No, it's a different it's a different version of a flu. So at the um, going through the summer, all of these cases started to mount up. I, I remember the first day whenever we had a million cases nationwide and we were approaching, uh, they were already showing like really crazy stats at first that, you know, a thousand people have died. Okay. And then, you know, a few weeks later, we're quickly up to 5 million. We're quickly up to 20 million. And then we go into October and we start um, at the end of August, actually. Uh, we hear the first time that Trump comes out and horribly describes what uh, ivermectin <laughs> and, and the other one, uh, hydrochloroquine, he gives an incredibly horrible description of what these two medicines are, and he's offering them as a um, an at-home remedy, something that you can easily get from any doctor or drugstore, and uh, you can use this at home, and it will alleviate a lot of the effects. And, but he gives a horrible description of it, and everybody's like, this motherfucker's telling us to fucking drink bleach. Um, because everyone looked up hydrochloroquine and they saw that it's like a pond cleaner, <laughs> which it actually is in that in, in that formula. It is used that way, but there is a hydrochloroquine people medicine, just like there's an ivermectin people medicine, even though people will try to have you believe that it's horse dewormer or whatever. But this is the first time we really start to get a glimpse of a dark figure in the background named Anthony Fauci, who's whispering in Trump's ear telling him about the efficacy of the coming vaccines. Now we're starting to spread the word about the vaccines. And uh, then whenever Trump gives the horrible description of what ivermectin and hydrochloroquine can do, then they immediately villainize it. And now the scientific community is uh, propped up against Trump because he's offered, he's missed, he misinformed um, everybody basically uh, about the COVID and, and the shots or not the shots, but the uh, at-home remedies, I'm sorry, uh, which later became famous, very famous under the Joe Rogan uh, use of it. But again, we're still in, in August to October of 2020. And uh, going into October, now we're going into the election cycle, right? 
We've got November right around the corner. The elections are firing up. At this point in time, we have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris telling everybody there's no way in the world I would take a Trump vaccine. You could never talk me into it. Are you going to be the first one to take the shot? Who's going to take the fucking shot? There's a press conference of Joe Biden saying these exact same things. Um, and you can find that on YouTube. I'm not going to pull it up now because I've used it many times here on the show. People who, who know, know. Uh, but um, now... The presidential campaign really starts to tick up with all of this, and the shots are getting ready to come out. They're under, quote-unquote, human trials. Now coming in, coming out of the winter, we go through the whole election deal, and now we have Biden in, in place, and the shots are released. And what happens immediately? Johnson & Johnson has to pull their fucking shots because of blood clots. So... Now we're already, these human trials, they're not as effective as what everybody said they were, what Fauci was telling Trump they were, and now Fauci's coming more and more into the national spotlight. He's the front man for the whole fucking pitch. And this guy, this guy has that, go ahead. Let's just put a pinpoint here in that Johnson & Johnson was having bad effects on blood in the circulatory system and creating blood clots, because that's important. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's very important for everybody to know and understand. It is right out of the gate, we immediately had... Oh, I've got somebody who's coming on here, uh, and they're saying it's all about misdirection. You are, in fact, correct. Um, but uh, we've got people that are watching right now. And like I tell everybody, normally I don't care if anybody watches it live. I do appreciate it. You can leave comments. I've got a ticker on the screen there. You can send me an email. Tell me your thoughts if you agree. Mostly I hear from people who disagree with me. I love it. Bring it on. Because um, I haven't had anybody actually be able to point out anything I've said is actually a lie. They just say I'm a propagandist and a Trump supporter, which I've made clear many, 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 many times I am not. Uh, but they still want to label and accuse me of that. So again, back to back to the timeline here. Putting a pin on the Johnson and Johnson story that happens within like what three, five weeks of the shots being released, and immediately we got a pull, right? And this is about the time whenever people like me. And, um, you know, like uh, InfoWars and Alex Jones, they were uh, probably a year ahead of this, really. But whenever you're dealing with all of the independent shows like mine and Jimmy Dore and even Russell Brand with his show, all of these shows that are going on, this is about the time we're all starting to poke holes in the whole mainstream media narration about all of this. Because this is whenever we all started talking about what the fuck happened to the flu last year. Zero deaths. Zero deaths from the flu. Yeah, whenever we usually have 35 to 60,000 people a year die from the average flu strain, right? So we're coming out of that winter, and everyone's starting to be like, wait a minute, what the fuck happened to the flu? And that's whenever all these conspiracy theories about COVID not being either artificially made or it was just a variation of the flu and they used it to scare everybody. That's whenever... As they say on Facebook and whatnot, that's when the CTers really went into full effect. Uh, CTers being uh, conspiracy theorists. Uh, but um, now we're in uh, Johnson Johnson gets pulled, Pfizer and Moderna, they're plowing ahead. If there are any side effects, it's not being reported. And this is totally safe, totally effective. You're only going to have to take, remember whenever they first rolled out the shots, and this is when your personal story kicks in, Serenity, is that uh, at first we were told that if you get the shot, not only you're protecting yourself, you're also protecting grandma because now not only can you not get it, you can't spread it. Those were the first um, 
narrations that we were told by the mainstream media and now by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and every single day, Anthony Fauci telling everybody, if you get the shot, you're going to be perfectly safe. Biden's first town hall, he spent 20 minutes. I'm talking about get the shot. We need everyone to get the shot. And that's uh, what it was in the media was get the shot, save yourself and save the people that you love. Mm-hmm. And they kept giving percentages, numbers, dates to try to get that propaganda and PR campaign up so people would then be scared enough to say, I don't care that it's only been tested on three weeks. We're going to just go ahead and take it. Right. It's like the new booster shot. I don't know if you saw this or not, but the new booster shot was just uh, tested. I'm sorry, was just passed and approved by the FDA after it had only been tried, trialed on eight mices. Eight mice were used yeah. for the study and is approved by the FDA. It hasn't been tested on one person in it. Forgive me for being, you know, uh, crude about this, but aren't mice fucking cheap? Like, couldn't we have tested more than eight? Um, study that you know they are 70 percent funded by pharmaceutical companies so you know we wouldn't want to do anything that'd be too expensive for pfizer after making 68 billion dollars last year on a free shot i wouldn't want to uh you know dig into their pocketbook too fucking much but i digress we'll get to that one later so going into after johnson and johnson is pulled and then they re-release it this is like in march and april of 2021 Biden has already uh, signed into effect Executive Order 9999, and he's already put into effect 14063, uh, which uh, is going to be something I'll be talking about on the next episodes, where get ready for it. We're getting ready to have our own digital currency, just like fucking China. Um, That executive order was actually signed right about this time. And to make sure that nobody paid attention to it, we had to start talking about the vaccine's effectiveness and that we needed at least 75% of the country to be fully vaxxed to stop the pandemic. And And the numbers are. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the actual numbers as reported right now on the CDC website is that 38% of Americans have actually been vaccinated. And at this time, they were telling us as much as 90% of people had at least had the first shot, which come to find out is nowhere near the truth at all. Like everything, that is attached to this entire timeline. Now, this is a very important time for you, Serenity, because this is whenever you elected to get the shot because you were being told, make grandma safer, right? Yes. Gotta see my grandmother, gotta get the shot to see my grandmother. So me and my grandmother buckled down and took those shots. Yeah, and uh, and this is one of the things, you know, because anytime you, t- you speak out about the vaccines, you immediately get tagged as an anti-vaxxer or science denier, any of that. I'm not denying any of that. Anybody who felt the need to get the shot, you damn well should have gotten the shot if you felt the need to do it. And at that time, they were telling everybody it was safe. So, um, and it was going to keep you from getting it, and it was going to keep you from passing it. And then within just like, what, two or three months, come to find out, oh, no, I still can fucking get COVID. Yeah, it just won't be so bad. You won't be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then uh, people started ending up in the hospital. They're like, well, it could be worse. At least you won't die. Right. And the biggest yeah. the biggest non-scientific description of this, which people still cling to at this point, that has been disproven over and over again with so much analytical da- data, but the most unscientific statement that came out of this with the mainstream media 
uh, with the help, I'm sure, of Big Pharma and the White House themselves pushing this. Uh, at this time, we still had Saki as the press secretary for the White House. They were all saying that at least it wouldn't it would have been worse if you weren't vaccinated. OK, so once you're vaccinated and then you get sick, there is no way to prove how differently sick you would have been unvaccinated because you're already vaccinated, right? Right, exactly. So that's the most unscientific thing that you could possibly say because there can be no possible case study. That's what science is. How long the vaccine is going to last. So there's no way to say like, oh, well, your vaccine, it it only lasted nine months. So because you got it 10 months later, you know, like there's no actual timeline of anything it's a, a continuum it's the continual moving of the goalpost so to speak right so and, yeah depending on what like your commenter said what misleading information they want you to believe right whatever your news group of choice whatever narrative they're wanting you to believe and what they're pushing uh, uh you know it, it, the crazy thing is, is during all of the middle of this anybody like me who said do you realize that there are only two nations in the entire fucking world that allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise openly and freely to its citizens because we know it can be horribly uh, uh, misdirected and people can take things that will make them die that's what happened with Vioxx and all kinds of shit right and we were told opioids aren't aren't addictive and all of this stuff because pharmaceutical companies are able to openly advertise to us and 70% of advertising budget by news networks is bought and purchased by pharmaceutical fucking companies. Let me just add something else in here, which is now outlawed, but my dad is a doctor. So as a child, I remember vacations paid for by pharmaceutical companies that my dad would have to sit, like, sit through a lecture that just tells him how great this medication is. But hey, you family, go to Disneyland or yeah. in Colorado. So Elitches, the aquarium, I mean, I remember the perks. Yeah, you, pharmaceutical companies advertising straight directly to the doctors that use it. And basically, basically a form of bribery, but it still goes on because they do it through third parties, right? Uh, like, you know, there's pictures recently out about the Pfizer uh, yacht cruise with all the doctors and everything and the pharmaceutical reps all on the boat together, all mingling. We got all these high high class call girls and all this stuff going on on the boat. And, uh, you know, nothing to see here. Nobody will talk about that on mainstream media. And if it get, the pictures get posted, then you basically get looked at like you're the National Enquirer. <laughs> people are like, what are you talking about, right? And that's basically the category that most people that um, now look at someone like me and other show hosts and anybody who wants to think with a critical mind, you're basically uh, immediately labeled and boxed into a category of being a conspiracy theorist. Not a critical thinker, a conspiracy theorist. And uh, the people who lack the uh, critical thinking ability are the people who have fallen into this trap and fallen into this emotional thing that at this point in time, whenever you got the vaccine, there's so many people around you and you do have doctors in your family. Okay, so that's something everybody does need to know about this story. She went with very high regards and um, being... uh, you were given a lot of advice from a lot of different people that were should have been very much in the know to tell you whether or not to get the vaccine, right? Exactly. I mean, probably about five to seven doctors that I'm close to as almost family yeah. would come to me and they would answer all my questions. All those 
quote, conspiracy theorist questions that I could find, I would ask multiple people, including my dad, and we would discuss it. So I ended up feeling comfortable enough to say risk versus reward. I want to see my 105-year-old grandmother. And that's totally understandable because at this point in time, with the data that's actually out there and the way that these doctors were being told, not everybody's a virologist, right? And not everybody is a, um, you know, a vaccine expert. So they're just going with the information and the data that is presented to them. That since then, we have found out that eight out of the 10 uh, Pfizer studies that were being given to doctors at that point in time were actually pulled from the study group. And they would just present them with the two little studies that did show beneficial results. But the eight studies that showed this ain't no fucking good, they just pulled it. They withheld it. And if they did show it, they labeled that as like a different batch. So they, like, yeah. let's say that it didn't work on these 10 people. Yeah. Well, that was just because we gave them a different batch. Not the same thing that we're giving these people where it did work. And that's the one that we're going to give you. Even though... did you get kind of fear came out and it only lasted two or three months. It quickly went by the wayside. Right. But at this point in time, you're vaccinated, you're able to see grandma, then come to find out not only do the shots not protect you, they also don't prevent you from spreading it. And there's no guarantee that you won't end the hospital or dead. Uh, All of this information starts becoming abundantly and abundantly clear. And now the pressure from the Senate and the Congress is coming off that through freedom of information, you have to release all of your documents. And that's the first time we're exposed to the fact that the FDA and the NIAH, led by Dr. Anthony Fauci, the dark figure in the background, who's constantly on TV every day telling everybody, you got to wear this mask. He even showed up on Meet the Press one day with two fucking masks on. Um... He's doing all of this ridiculous shit telling everybody you have to get vaccinated or else we're going to deal with this is the first time the hot phrase came out going into the fall of 2021, a little bit over uh, just about a year ago, um, that um, we're going to be dealing with a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Remember, we did a show on that. Yes. Yes, we did. And uh, uh, I instantly called it bullshit along with a lot of other show hosts who are uh, awake with everything. And they've really been looking at everything with a, with a critical eye and uh, trying to, you know, I, I understand what you're trying to tell me, but I need to know why you're telling me. I got to follow the money to the rich old white guy at the fucking end of this. And I keep coming up with the director of Pfizer and Klaus Schwab and George Soros and the people at the UN who are all continually pushing this message. And then we find out that the NIH and, and, uh, and the FDA, not only do they not want to release the paperwork, they wanted it to, to be uh, by executive order sealed that it wouldn't be released for 75 fucking years. Well, 75 years is when they would start releasing batches, right? Wasn't right. It, they weren't going to put it all out at once either right. way. Yeah, no matter what, they weren't going to put it all out at once. And originally they cried, we have to wait 75 years. What do you mean you have to wait 75 years? you got to wait till everyone involved is dead, basically. That's what you're telling me? Well, I mean, that's good for my great-grandkids. Let's sue the government. But then, wait, we all signed just a non-disclosure, non-liability. I mean, anyone who got the shot saw all those papers, and it was like, oh, my God, you got to mark this, you got to mark this, and you got to agree to sign your soul away, and that they have absolutely no liability. Not to mention the fact that the Emergency Use Act uh, was uh, tagged to it as well, right? 
uh, or uh, emergency use authorization, the EUAs that were put out. So the pharmaceutical companies were not only protected by the government, they were also protected at the point of use between the consumer and the physician who gave them the shot. So everybody's protected except for the person receiving the shot. <laughs> well, yeah. And I even sent you the AstraZeneca um, agreement form that my yeah. dad got in the hospital. And that one had its own non-disclosure agreements too. So I mean, like, that, every single one of them, you can't really tell me if you have a problem with shot. You can report it, but it doesn't matter if you have a problem with a shot. And if this leads to this, then we have no responsibility because, you know, A, what? you have these, uh, what are they called? The the, the comorbidities and, and, and all yes. that. If you have any of these comorbidities, they refer yes. to the CDC website section, blah, blah, blah. We looked it up and come to find out the CDC at this point in time was listing close to 1,200 known side effects and adverse results from getting the shot. I believe the number at the time that it came out, which was back in November, was 1,191 reported side effects and adverse results from getting the shots. So if you had any core morbidity, okay, you're a smoker, boom, you're out, you can't say anything. You have diabetes, yeah. boom, you can't say anything. You had a heart attack, boom, you can't say anything. You're overweight, anything, okay? Uh, it, it's basically the only time in medical history where people who have fibromyalgia get some sort of medical protection or a medical, uh, you know, like all of it. Right. Yeah. So the deal is, is fibromyalgia has always been looked at as like a, it's in your head disease. Okay. Even, right. even medical practitioners like kind of roll their eyes at someone who self-diagnoses as fibromyalgia. There's really no medical actual diagnosis where someone can be uh, diagnosed as having fibro. It's recognized, right. but it's not a medical diagnosis with the shots though. According to the CDC, now all of a sudden, fibromyalgia is a legitimate fucking thing, okay? Oh it's no longer in your head. So someone who just claims fibro, okay, fuck it. You, don't, you can't say anything about the shot. So basically, everybody in the world who got the shot for the reasons that they originally prescribed to all of us, that you're at risk, or that grandma and grandpa are at risk, we all disqualified ourselves. Everybody who took the shot, basically, because you had a medical fucking condition of some sort or another, some sort of disqualifier. So, um, and that's whenever all the stats were coming out that, you know, on average, uh, the, per the average age of death was 81, which uh, as of the um, uh, new report that came out, you know, whenever they do the census and all that stuff, now the uh, uh, average age in America is down to 76. This is the first time since the Vietnam fucking war where they killed 50,000 people a year, <laughs> okay, um, that the average lifespan age has gone down two years in a row. It's literally been 50, and 60 years since that it, happened. Isn't it kind of close between men and women too? Isn't it like mm -hmm. 76.1 for men? And, and it used like, to be like two or three years different. Yeah, which usually it's like, the women's difference is five to seven years more than the men's, like 81 for men, 88 for women. And Somewhere around there, but now it's, now, now it's all like 76.1 to 76.6. So we've lost basically about five years off of the pre-pandemic expected age 
of a person living in the United States, a developed country. We've lost five years and we've lost two years in a row off our average lifespan. So these numbers start coming out. The reported side of side effects for, um, excuse me, mainly the uh, Pfizer shot, because now that is the one that is primarily in use. People would elect to use Johnson and Johnson because they were scared of the Pfizer still. The Moderna wasn't as in, in use as much here as it was in Europe. Uh, while it's still used here, it wasn't used as much as either of the other two. It was just harder to find that one. Like, I will, I will say my family members that got vaccinated, like my mom, my dad, my grandmother, um, the one that they could get would have been the Pfizer. My grandmother was 105, so we wanted her to have the Johnson & Johnson because it was only one shot instead of two because she was bedridden. We didn't want to take her out. And it took us almost, well, it took until September, beginning, like end of August, get her first shot. Um, that's about where we are right now in the timeline is that August to November range right there. So that all lines up yeah. perfectly. And isn't it funny that at that point in time, still people were looking at Johnson and Johnson as the softer shot because you only had to get one administration. Whereas now everybody's like, hooray for boosters. Now we're talking the third, fourth, fifth shot. Uh, and it was just a little bit over a year ago. People were like, yeah, Johnson and Johnson is better. You only have to take it once. Yes, and since we're in this same time frame, I wanted to bring up the fact that my grandmother did get the first shot, mm -hmm. did get the second shot, and right after receiving her second shot, uh, sadly, she got kidney failure. And all this, she went to the doctor a year ahead of time. She got checked out. She could live to be 110. She had absolutely no issues, kidney, liver, heart, nothing. Absolutely no issues, flies in her body. Right. But and right after that, it was a kidney. And we did a show right after that, uh, whenever I first got my hands on the CDC-issued report of the adverse effects, because this is whenever it was all first coming to light, around November, December, I think. Um, and it was like, so your grandma just all of a sudden had this mysterious kidney failure when she had nothing before. And, oh, lo and behold, here it is in, like, the top 100 most adverse kidney failures listed by the CDC. As a result. And let's talk about what the kidney does. The kidney cleanses the blood mm -hmm. of toxins and transforms the waste into urine. Okay. Which supposedly so the body cannot do with this uh, new uh, variant of the virus. I, I'm just saying, you know, blood clotting from Johnson & Johnson, kidney problems. I mean, a lot of this is going in a direction where what did they put inside of us and what does it actually do? Does it change our DNA? Does it change our platelets? Does it change our blood? What, and, what does it do, Chris? Yeah, and all of these theories are starting to really be put under the microscope and we're really starting to dig into it. So now we're coming in 2022. Just a little bit over eight months ago, we're coming into, there's a lot of distractions going on again. We've got the Ukrainian war. Uh, we have a gas shortage that's starting to mount. People are starting to talk about, hey, what about what all that food we didn't grow last year isn't on the shelves this year. So we're starting to have a little supply chain problem. All those people who didn't work at the factories to make our plastic and steel, well, we don't have that in inventory right now. So there's a supply chain problem. All those people who missed work 
uh, you know, making steel. Uh, in China, that's where the majority of our steel is actually bought and paid for from China, folks, in case you didn't know. About 85% of it. Well, that entire militant lockdown that they went through, nobody fucking worked and they didn't make any steel. That's why car manufacturers are having a problem. That's why the computer chip manufacturers are having a problem. Because we buy 90% of that shit in Taiwan. And they were fucking shut down too. All of this is cause and effect, and it's happening on a global scale. And the effect of the shot itself is starting to be looked at in a very microscopic way, uh, where we're starting to look at what exactly is in it. And then we come to find out that it has uh, green monkey jelly uh, brain stems. It has uh, pig uh, lactin, uh, uh, which is the fat. Uh, it has that in the uh, mRNA. It has a lot of animal sequences in it. And it also has a lot of plant sequences in it as well. And people are like, what the fuck is this? Now we're also in the grips of the shot mandates and we're coming out of it, right? Because just a few months before in August is when Biden announced the national shot mandate. Okay, that's a whole different uh, discussion there. And that's something that I'm, uh, everybody who has listened to the show or watched the show, you know that if you wanted to get the shot, I'm all for it. If you feel that you need to, whatever makes you feel better. That's cool. You do you, all right? It's your body, it's your choice. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can't tell me what to do because it's also my body, my choice. And I'm trying to be informed and I'm really reluctant because no real case evidence is coming out that says anything good. All the real case evidence that's coming out is all just bad after bad after bad. And this is the first time that I, I got a little sniff in the wind about now they're starting to report that people are having HIV-like diagnosis after being fully vaccinated. Their white blood cell count is bottoming out. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have people who are getting almost leukemia-like diagnoses because their white blood cell is skyrocketing through the roof. There's no real diagnosis for it. They won't put blame on the shot. This is just a new physical condition. And all of a sudden, we start having sudden adult death syndrome actually happening in front of us pro athletes who've never had any adverse reaction to fucking anything dropping dead on on the playing field people it's happening left and right we're hearing about it kind of like on back channels you don't hear about it on the mainstream media that's for fucking sure they stopped reporting that very quickly after the first two or three and usually the mainstream media they're all about celebrity death celebration right but they avoided that like the fucking plague as soon as they reported the first couple cases the pharmaceutical companies were like no let's not open up this can of worms we're not going to talk about it so this the sad passing of somebody that mm-hmm. was young and no real explanation but obviously no blame on anyone right and it used to be where i mean if an athlete were to die even if it was a brazilian soccer player which uh happened i believe like 11 or 12 times uh, now, uh, before one of those guys were, if they were to drop dead playing on the fucking pitch and playing soccer, professional soccer match in front of a hundred thousand people, it would be in the news for weeks. But now it's like, eh, okay, yeah, another guy died. That's what we were seeing about this. And then the mainstream media stopped talking about it completely. They didn't talk about fucking anyone who died with it. And this is, uh, the story is starting to flip. Whereas in the summer of 2021, there were big mainstream media news articles about everybody who's in the hospital is in the hospital because they're not vaccinated. And they were reporting everybody. If you had a stroke or fell off the ladder or broke your arm and then they tested you and you had COVID, they said you're in the hospital because you had COVID, not because of the broken arm. 
or the car wreck you're in or whatever. Like they were misreporting all of this. Well, now that has completely flipped on its head where everybody who is in the hospital or everyone who is getting sick has had the fucking shot. And I'm seeing this firsthand every day. Um, I can't talk about anything specifically as far as any of that goes, but I'm seeing this firsthand myself every day. And over the past year, you've seen this firsthand very up close and personal, right? Definitely. I do have to say everyone I know that has had COVID in the last few months, they're all vaccinated. Every, every single person. Everybody I know, uh, like I have a bunch of friends who work together at the same place. Everybody who's been sick, they've all they've all had the shot. And then I look over here where my wife works. Everybody who gets sick, they've had the shot. But me and my wife, we just keep plugging along. We won't get the shot. And we're it's like everyone around us is just, you know, it's uh, they're just getting hit with COVID left and right. And but not us. And we don't even have any symptoms or anything. And uh, this is about the time that uh, at the spring of this past year, Ukraine is fully underway. The gas prices are starting to go up food shortages, product shortages, supply chain problems, they're really starting to rear their little ugly head and make an effect on everything. And it's the first time that the mainstream media starts pushing the whole narrative of the next epidemic, the next set of lockdowns, and here you go, here's a new one, monkeypox. Remember? We first heard about it, it was like, what the fuck are you talking about, monkeypox? It started the same way as COVID. Like, oh, it's just a, a few cases over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, now there's a few in New York. Oh, wait, now there's a few here. And, oh, now we have two deaths in America, I think is the count right now. Two deaths and like 25,000 reported cases, something like that. It's not growing as quickly as COVID did, so it's not giving the huge explosion of fear. And then also the stats came out that 98% of the people in America who have monkeypox are gay men and the other 2% are lying. Um, is that uh, <laughs> the monkeypox that's going on right now? It's gonna. It's starting to mutate. <clears throat> now it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. I choked myself up there, laughing at myself. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, uh, what, what's yeah? I know it's horrible. Uh, but uh, what's going on now is that, that they're actually starting to find that it is starting to become a surface contaminant. So it can be paid. It can be passed from um, you know somebody in the LGBTQ community who had a crazy weekend and now they have pus sores and all this other stuff. Okay, that's maybe we're supposed to look at it like a new STD, but now it can be spread on surface contact. So now, even though people aren't dropping like flies, it's quickly becoming a variant or a mutated version of the AIDS I was threatened with as a kid. Back in the 80s, we were told, and Dr. Fauci was the one who told us, kids, I've played that clip many times on this show, Dr. Fauci told everybody at that time in 1984, whenever the AIDS epidemic first fucking started, it was known as HIV, or Gay Immune Efficiency Disorder, it was called GIDS, Um, but then the community rose up against that, so they gave it another name, that's the reason we have Acquired Efficiency uh, Syndrome. Uh, with with AIDS. But anyways, that's a different point. But Dr. Fauci told us in 1984 on Good Morning Fucking America that it is unsafe for a child to live in the home of somebody who has been infected with HIV. Because we had no idea of how it passed. We had no way to be able to screen the blood to keep people from getting it with blood transfusions. And he actually told a studio full of people 
on Good Morning America, I played the clip a couple weeks ago, um, in 1984, he said, you know, we're in L.A. This is a hot spot. We're all at risk. He told a studio full of fucking people this. Wow. And that's how AIDS was communicated to people of my age when we were growing up during the 80s. You know, three things were probably going to happen to you. You're going to either be kidnapped, you're going to be addicted to drugs, or you're probably going to die from AIDS. Those were the three things we were told daily back in the 80s. Unless, unless you hid in a corner... Mm-hmm. Followed what's inside that little box, stayed on the straight and narrow, <clears throat> then maybe it would be acid rain, right. but it wouldn't be your fault. It wouldn't be your fault. And, you know, for God's sake, you know, this is, uh, that was also the time that Al Gore started saying that, you know, polar bears were dying and the ice caps were melting and it still hasn't really fucking happened except for seasonally. Anyways, so at this point in time, we've got monkeypox that's developing, it's jumping off. Everybody's like, do I have to worry about that? I'm not gay, right? And then now, now they're starting to let it leak out a little bit that it can be surface uh, transmitted. Uh, so it's starting to, it's going to turn into to whatever the next big thing is that everyone has to worry about. Even though it doesn't kill you, it scars you. You know those pus pockets and stuff. I mean that that I mean that has to leave scars. That can't be good for you, right? So there's going to be a physical transformation that comes from it. And then, you know, here in the next probably year or so, everybody's going to be accused of being gay while this is going on. So no telling how many people are going to be discredited or hated on or having hate speech thrown at them for no fucking reason, just like what happened in the 80s uh, before we knew that it happened, you know, just with uh, drug drug users. Everybody was accused of being a closet homosexual. Well, that's what we're all about to go through again, and we're about ready to see how the culture of love and peace Fucking hates everybody. Well, I mean, there's love and there's hate, and I don't think that you could have one without the other, but their passion crosses the line. I think that it's so emotional for so many people and their points of view. If you try to tap into a change in their point of view, they're taking it as an attack on their beliefs and their character. So, yeah, what the past two years has really done is eliminated the ability to be able to have a civil conversation of opposing views because now everybody is so entrenched. You're either so dug in the sand that the past two years of denying, um, you know, that COVID is is basically can be looked at like the cold. Only point zero two percent of people actually get it, die from it. Like, really, we don't have to take all of these measures. The vaccine, we find out, doesn't actually fucking work. But everybody who's still on the other side of the line that believes you have to get vaccinated and believes that COVID is deadly, and now that monkeypox is going to rear its little fucking head, uh, whatever comes out of the uh, narrative with that, people who are on that side of the line, it is so part of who they are. It's part of their belief system that they can't shake the lie that is evident without it really fucking them up. There's a cognitive disorder that happens with this. Well, with this monkeypox, like, how exactly does it spread? Because it talks about respiratory droplets is how it could spread through blood, semen. I mean, a lot of what we're hearing about monkeypox, it's been around for decades. Why did it suddenly become something that is a pandemic and spreading all the way around around the world when it's been around for right. so long. Like in the movie Contagion, this is what this is the point of the virus that they talk about where it jumps. 
yeah. it's airborne, right? And, you know, I'm not a virologist. <laughs> I only repeat the other shit that I fucking hear, and it makes me sound smart, and sometimes it makes me sound fucking dumb. I understand that. But at the end of the day, there hasn't been a whole lot that I've kind of missed the boat on all of this with. And, and what I'm really worried about is the people who – we're losing an entire generation right now, obviously. You know, uh, um, people who are 80-plus years old, we're reaching just – it's the natural point of life where we're starting to lose them. And it's also, there's been some medicated cause of uh, loss of life as well. And what, what I'm seeing is we're going to go into this next little jump of things, whether it is monkeypox or it's COVID 2.0, where people are going to get real nasty about defining and defending their line in the sand. You're either for it or you're against it, uh, on treatment for it. And, um, I don't know, man. I think this this round of it, whatever form of lockdown comes to us next, and you can't tell me we're not going to have one. China's in the middle of one. Australia's back in one. New Zealand's never left one. Neither is Canada. You still have to be vaccinated to cross their border. We're still doing it. We just did it to Djokovic. He's not allowed to play in the U.S. Open. So it's still politicized, and it's still out there. I, I do want to say that with all this, I'm putting a pen back in this. All right. Let's, let, let's keep the pattern of a lot of these have relations to blood, whether it be uh, the way that your blood flows through your system, whether it be your kidney trying to filter the blood, whether it be instant heart attacks by all these very athletic people that are perf- perfectly healthy. Oh, my God, they're just dropping dead and it's an aneurysm. That's blood-related. Mm-hmm. That's bl- blood-related. All of this side effect including monkeypox seems to be all something that could be relatable back to either people saying oh well i had covid so this is a long-term covid symptom and so my immunity was low and now i got monkeypox or the fact i mean the vaccine me and you know where i where I stand on this right now, why mm-hmm. I'm really here to speak about the timeline, the belief system that people had, and the outcome of some of those beliefs. Yeah, and, and that's where I want to bring it all here for full circle here for us as we're approaching 60 minutes, uh, which everybody who watches the show, you know, I never really ever go over an hour. So I do want to, want to give uh, Serenity the ability to talk about this directly on why we're having this show. Um, over the past, uh, over the course of this year, um, she had a family member who was diagnosed uh, as having leukemia without there being any genetic markers in the testing to show that he actually had leukemia. So they were calling it leukemia, but they had no medical or scientific data to actually show that it was leukemia. So he was treated as a leukemia patient, being kept in the hospital. You couldn't come or go or visit him, right, uh, Serenity, without having to be like totally suited up, totally like the whole fucking HVAC fucking system. You had to have full cap and gown on to be able to go just to be able to see a family member. This is still going on. I had to have proof of vaccine. Okay. On top of that, washing hands, mask, gown, gloves, also have my vaccination card. Every time I went went in, they checked it. Right. Uh, every single time. And, and, and this would be like, I was just here yesterday afternoon. You just looked at this card. Now we still have to check it. And I think there was one point during all of this, you said, I have now learned how to scrub in like a surgeon. 
because oh, they yeah. made you oh. do that every time. Like you literally not just wash your hands with Purell, you had to fucking scrub in, right? Oh, so, yeah. so the it, of the room, there was a sink, there was everything, <laughs> and they would help you get through that. And your uh, the family member that we're going to see every day uh, during all of this, there was a lot of intense discussions because not only had you been awake, but the evidence was coming out, the proof was coming out that the shots didn't help anybody. They probably have done more harm than good, but um, you're, he wasn't able to let go of that cognitive disorder that many people, they just cannot let go of the fact that they believe that. It's almost like a faith-based thing. You either believed it wholeheartedly like he did or you did not. But going through all of these months of watching uh, you know, everything, you know, I've been on the sidelines and you've shared with me the entire time. And, um, you know, it obviously it's a horrible fucking thing for anybody to go through with any member of your family. But to watch somebody cling so desperately to a belief system until almost the very end. And then he kind of switched at the end, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I had, since he was in the hospital so much, I had ample time to sit and talk to him and especially when he was on some medications for his anxiety um we were able to have some free thinking conversations which if you've heard me before i've told you many times about you know my dad explained this to me my dad's a doctor he explained this to me so my dad he was fully vaccinated and boosted and while he was in the hospital for uh intestinal bleeding we almost lost him. They also gave him a two-part shot from AstraZeneca that was kind of a booster to the booster. I sent you the information on it, Chris. Yeah, well, it was, was so emotional. He was also kind of doing a mix and match, right? Like he had done Pfizer, and now they're doing the Astra, right? Well, it was he did Pfizer, then he did one booster of Pfizer. Then he did AstraZeneca, and this last one he did the Moderna because he heard that switching up between the two gives you better protection. Um, In this span of time, 2020, my dad totally healthy. Um, He went to a doctor, and he had um, some unknown significance abnormal cells at, like, around the beginning of 2020. 21 end of 2020 that sent him to a cancer institute they retested his blood and came back with oh you're okay but then he started getting sick losing weight sleeping all the time went back to the doctor and this is only a few months later but yes multiple shots were building up in his system at this time um and it came back with his white blood cell count was about 60 to 70,000, which, I mean, a high level would be 13,000. So... A 400%, a four or 500% increase in blood cell count. Yes. And, you know, we didn't know what it was, so he went to the Cancer Institute, they did a bone marrow test, and he was diagnosed with one type of leukemia, which is AML or ACL or CML or one of these that are very treatable. I, I would have to look online because my brain is mashed. Of course, um, yeah. So he was diagnosed with one type of leukemia that is very curable, and they put him on the treatment for that. And then he had a huge adverse reaction and started hemorrhaging and internally bleeding. 
And then they took him off that medication and re-diagnosed him with AML. Um, which is, which is a more yeah. more serious type of cancer. Um, and then he went through treatments for that, and they diagnosed him with a second type of ML, which is M4, which would mean that he had two types of blood cancers in his in the way that his body was producing his white blood cells, platelets, and hemoglobin. So in the course of a year and a half, he goes from perfectly fine and dandy to we have three different forms of leukemia he could possibly have. Yes, but it was hard to diagnose because all this research, they find genetic markers. They find a certain place where you have that deficiency, which is creating your body Mm -hmm. to make these cells bad. But test after test, they couldn't find these markers. Right. So it was very scary because we didn't know what was going on, but he was on tons of medication that was supposed to kill it. And we never truly got a diagnosis. Um, It was considered AML without the markers, but then it was AMML, which is extremely rare. But then in the end, it was, oh, well, you have three types of blood cancer. We tried our best. We're going to put you on hospice. We're going to talk to you about how you're going to die while you're in the hospital and all medicated, so you're okay with going on hospice. And then they sent him home while his levels, like his blood work was coming back better and better, where his platelets were going up, his hemoglobin was going up without having infusions, because since April, so like six months, he has been fighting this. He has been doing everything he could to remain healthy, to get what he needed, but in the end, the treatment that he did to try to create, try to outdo this leukemia. I mean, it's chemotherapy, but three different types. It has stressed his body so much. Yeah. Yeah, it killed him, but it wasn't the right treatment for whatever cancer it was because they couldn't identify exactly what it was. They would tell you it was in this kind of category. It was kind of AML. It was kind of CML. And they wouldn't actually give it a technical term. Uh, Yeah, and the crazy thing, just for simplicity, let's just say that they run a genome or a, um, um, you know, if they look at your genetic code, there should be a marker and and it should be like the big red letter L should be sitting up there. And that's a specific marker for any of these forms of leukemia. And during the course of the uh, diagnosis of these three, possibly a fourth, because we're kind of creating a whole new leukemia here but there's still no marker we still never see the big giant letter l anywhere in any of the tests nowhere and they kept testing for it and they would say that he's very rare and he's like one of two percent of the population that has leukemia that doesn't have any genetic marker for the cancer at all which so in other words that means this is something we can't explain gene is what they were looking for originally, but then they just did it all. They ran his whole sequence trying to figure out where is this coming from? And that's, um, you know, and and that's where we are today. Uh, You know, Serenity has gone through all of this and this last week has has led to, um, you know, his loss and her loss uh, for the family. So today's the celebration of life. She's getting ready to run off and do that. But I just wanted to bring this as a different point of view for everything that I usually lambast the mainstream media, what our government has told us, 
what the pharmaceutical companies have told us. And here's real world evidence of the reason, one of the reasons why I've stood, stood to my guns so much the past two years with all of this discussion about it. Every time that I come back to it, that they can't define it. They always lie to us. It's always a big misdiagnosis and they never want to put blame on the shots. And at the end of it, uh, you and him had an actual discussion where he basically agreed with you finally after all of this time, after all these discussions. Yes, he he definitely in the end when I said I'm mad and I think this is caused because you got those vaccines and we don't know what those vaccines do. And he in the end said, we can't prove it, but you might be right, which is as much of a yes I would ever get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I've always made jokes about I'm sure those have been fun Thanksgiving family dinners, uh, you know, because he's very much stuck to his guns the entire time. And, um, you know, so uh, for the entire audience out there and at the at the end of the week, last week's show with the podcast and everything, I mean, close to at least 10,000 people this week are probably going to see and hear this. And I'm sure everybody's heart goes out to you. And we appreciate what you're doing today with your family. And I'm glad that you're able to take a minute and have the balls to come on here and talk with me for a minute about it and give a, um, a, a new, uh, a new show, uh, a credible guest as a credible witness to what these things have been doing the entire time. And I don't want this to be, I told you so moment for any, any way, shape or form, but it's one of those things where for the past two years, a clock can't just be right twice a day if it keeps fucking ringing at the right time. And that's what we have done on the show. And you've done it with me. And so to have to sit sit by and you have more guts than me because you've had to deal with this firsthand and personal the entire time while you have a different point of view than than your old man did. And, uh, you know, I think that's awesome and admirable, very brave. And at the end of the day, it doesn't change the outcome. It doesn't make it any better or it, or it sure as fuck doesn't make it better for a bad situation. That's that's for sure. But, you know, I love my dad and I want him to rest in peace. And thank you for having me on the show and being able to get some real information about a real situation out there. And I really appreciate you and your listeners. Thank you. No problem. No problem. And I'm sure everybody out there is going to, if you can, drop a message, leave me an email, leave a post on the Facebook page. Um, get a hold of me on Twitter and Instagram, all those social media sites where everybody's seeing it. Until next time, um, don't get any on you and don't forget your squeegee. Y'all have a good week.